Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. Celebration starts. The New Jersey Devils for the third time in their history have won the Stanley Cup. The Devils three. The Ducks nothing. Devils Stanley Cup champions. Right through. A pick block by Steve Gleason. It is scooped and scored by Curtis DeLoach. Hi, welcome to Ballpark Bros, the show about sports. That's right. That's Tom. I'm Mike. With us, as always, is Eric, our producer. Hey, yo. Uh, <clears throat> as you can tell, my voice is not quite uh, 100% today. It was even worse yesterday. Yeah, it, and, it really was, hence the postponement. Yeah, you were dead, weren't you? Uh, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, I really hope this clears up by tomorrow, because I have to be in court at 1 o'clock. Just get everybody at court sick. I should, you're right. I'm sure they'd appreciate that. <clears throat> oh, software update. All right, everybody hang on. Oh, boy. You should have thought of that before you uh, came here today. Dude, it just, it just happens, man. I don't know what to tell you. All right, everybody sit quietly while the software update happens. No, I'm going to make you suffer. Suffer, suffer, suffer. All right, no, we're not really going to do that. All right, so uh, NFL playoffs. Uh uh, insert uh, the uh, Jim Mora playoffs sound effect. <laughs> yeah, we really probably should have that queued up. Uh, on uh, on Saturday, things kicked off with, uh, in my opinion, the best game of the weekend. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, the uh, Chiefs uh, jumped out to a commanding 21-3 lead, uh, <clears throat> which the Titans then overcame to win the game 22-21. to uh, The comeback included... Marcus Mariota throwing a touchdown pass to Marcus Mariota. Only the second time in NFL history has that ever happened, and the first that it's ever happened in the playoffs. Yes. The, I thought human cloning was illegal. <laughs> yeah. what, what gives? The play in question uh, happened in the third quarter. Uh, Mariota was scrambling out to his left, fired a ball towards the end zone, and uh, Daryl Rivas batted it back. Uh, Mariota was pushed by another defender right to the position where Revis had batted the ball. Uh, Mariota caught it and dove into the end zone. It was a truly exciting play. It really was. I um, I was watching it at home. Uh, our mom had just uh, had just gotten there, uh, gotten off work, and we we're sitting there watching it. And she she's not a sports person by any means, and she was just blown away by the play. She thought it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, I mean, really, it kind of is. My my kids loved it. My kids were going nuts. I um, would like to point out that I had no idea that the Chiefs had signed Darrell Revis. Really, no clue. He'd been there for a couple weeks. Um, he uh, <clears throat> for the Titans, Mariota finished uh, nineteen of thirty-one for two hundred and five yards, two touchdowns, and an interception, um, and the game-winning block. Yes. Uh, that, um. You you often hear about quarterbacks that that go out and block 
on like counter plays and and things like it's that. It's usually just getting in the way. It's not a yeah. real block. It's getting in the way or like falling down in front of them so that they trip over you. Yeah. But uh, no, this is a real block. Um, it it looked like Henry was going to be stopped short of the line to gain. Mariota comes out of nowhere to deliver a block that springs him and uh, put it put the game away at that point. She said no more timeouts. Uh, Henry finished with uh, 156 yards on 23 carries and had a touchdown. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, everybody. I'm going to keep coughing and clearing my throat all day. <coughs> Another uh, disappointment for the Chiefs. They have now lost six straight home playoff games. That dates back all the way to, what, 94? 1994. It is the longest streak in NFL history. I don't understand how they always claim to have the loudest, most raucous stadium in the NFL and the the most loyal fans, and every time they get a chance to, to go and win one there for their fans, who they claim to love... They, sure crap they, the love their fans. they crap the bed. They crap the bed. Yeah, it's it's been rough for them over the past few years uh, in the in the playoffs, and you know that's kind of why they brought Andy Reid in was to kind of overcome some of that. You know, Andy Reid famous for losing four straight championship <laughs> games. Um, what what they need to do is let Andy Reid coach until four minutes left in each half, and then let somebody else take over the calling of the timeouts. And the plays and things like that, because Andy Reid, I'm not sure he has any concept of time. <laughs> yeah, that does seem to be his Achilles heel. Uh, his time management skills are, are very poor, although it did work out at the end of the half in this one. Uh, they did score a touchdown uh, right before half. Um, this was uh, this was the last game for <clears throat> offensive coordinator, uh, was it Charles Nagy? Charles? Uh, uh, Matt Nagy, sorry. Yeah. Matt Nagy. Um took a job uh took a job as the head coach of the chicago bears wow so uh kansas city then promoted eric the uh to offensive coordinator and a pretty quick move um the uh it was also the last game in the booth for john gruden yes it was yeah uh signing a 10-year 100 million dollar deal to coach the raiders the whole situation stinks does it yeah the raiders hired him months ago Essentially, I wouldn't say months ago. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were still talking to him up until the end of Week Seventeen. Uh, I, to me, it was just, it was a foregone conclusion that he'd be going to the Raiders. Um, and with him not being a part of an NFL organization, he was able to talk to whatever personnel he wanted. Yeah, literally anyone, <clears throat> yeah, any he, team. He was able to craft a staff before being hired, and that is. To me, a violation of the uh, anti-tampering laws. Well, unfortunately it's not, because he wasn't under contract, so... It does violate the spirit of the rule, but not the rule itself. Well, as we've learned time and again, the spirit of the rule means nothing. Yep. And they fired... They fired Del Rio. Really, you know, he knew it was coming, but they, they went and got Gruden before they fired him. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is the one thing that I hate. Um, yeah, and actually today, uh, Mark Davis did acknowledge he got Gruden before firing Del Rio. Um, question: How did they comply with the Rooney Rule? They probably didn't, and they'll probably just take the penalty. Um, they did. Uh, they did actually interview T. Martin for the job. So former uh, 
Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah. Quarterback uh, T. Martin. So <clears throat> didn't they, he also coach somewhere for a little bit in college? Uh, I don't think he's ever been a head coach. I could be wrong about that. I don't think he's ever been a head coach. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think Gruden probably will get the the Raiders back to what they were looking like they were going to be at the end of last year, rather than what they were this year. Um, if anyone can get the most out of Derek Carr, it's a guy like John Gruden. Um, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they use Marshawn Lynch now. Do uh, you think Gruden's going to go to him more? I mean, he did lean on some. He did lean on running backs pretty heavily um, during his tenure in in uh, Oakland the first time and in Tampa. In Tampa, he had the likes of Mike Allstott. <laughs> Mike Allstott worked on. Uh, was he part of the uh, Doug Martin? Thing? No, I don't. I think no. that that was. I mean, he hasn't coached in. What, six years? Yeah, something like that. Um, the uh, the late game on Saturday, the Falcons defeated the Rams 26-13. to uh, Jared Goff, 24-45, 259, and a touchdown for the Rams. He didn't have a terrible game. They just couldn't finish drives. Yeah, that, it was <coughs> it was frustrating to see. Yeah. Uh, for a team that went from worst to first in scoring from last year to this year, uh, to be shut down by the, by the number six, or uh, five seed, six seed, number six seed, in Atlanta, just yep. a little disappointing. Um, Todd Gurley did get over 100 yards on 14 carries, and Robert Woods had nine catches for 142 yards. Just when they got down to the near the red zone, things kind of fell apart. Um, I expect them to draft heavily on the defensive side of the ball. You think so? Yeah. I Well, I think that was their only real weakness this year was lack of uh, defense when it mattered most. Yeah, they well, their their defense did get stronger as the year uh, went on. They had a little bit of difficulty adjusting to Wade Phillips' uh, defense out there. Uh, those early games were a bit rough, yeah. but I think you know over the over the course of the season, I think they got it together. But yeah, they uh, when they needed the stops here against Atlanta, they they just were not able to get them. They, they just couldn't get off the field. Yeah, um, Matt Ryan finished with uh, 218 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Devonta Freeman, uh, 18 carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown. And Julio Jones, nine catches for 94 yards and a touchdown. Um, the Rams have a lot to build on here. Yeah, I would I expect them. Be all right. um, I won't say I'd expect them back as the winner of that division. Oh, I do. <laughs> because that division is going to be a lot harder next year. It is. It definitely is, especially if the Cardinals can make a move at quarterback. It's going to be much more difficult. Um, for the Falcons now, uh, they go in, <clears throat> they will play the Eagles uh, this weekend. Uh, they are, as of right now, three-point favorites. And that's the uh, 4.30 game on NBC on Saturday. Um, yeah, they're uh, they're now the favorites Well, um, against the one seed. When Carson Wentz is in the game, there's no way they're a favorite. No, I agree, but unfortunately. Um, Nick Foles... Not as good a quarterback. You might be shocked to find this out. He's not as good as Carson Wentz. Yeah. Um, after the game against L.A., seeing what their defense could do against the top-flight offense, is Atlanta kind of the team to beat in the NFC now? Uh, I still think the the Vikings, I think, have the defense to stop them. Yeah. Uh, I, I still think it's the Vikings. But do they have the offense to overcome Atlanta's defense right now? I think they do. Uh, I mean— they're not a flashy offense, but you know they get, they they don't get those big chunk plays. But they you know slowly but surely will chug their way down the field and score. 
Um, so I know for for a little while there was some talk over who would be the Vikings' starting quarterback, and and Case Keenum kind of cemented that. Now there's talk uh, who should be their backup in these playoff games should something happen to Keenum. Now that Bradford is back from injury as well. Yeah, um, that's a hell of a problem to have. You know, you've got essentially three starting caliber quarterbacks, and one of them has to be the backup, and one of them has to be inactive. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you think in Minnesota is, is the team to beat, um, in the regular season, uh, they did, they did face, uh, two of the other three teams, uh, in the NFC side right now. Um, they won a game 14 to nine against the Falcons and, uh, 29 to 19 against the Saints. Uh, Saints game was week one. A lot has changed since week one. Quite a bit. Um. We'll get to uh, you know them against the Saints here in just a minute after we talk about the uh, Jaguars and Bills. Uh, this, as far as I'm concerned, this is a fun game to watch. I didn't see much of it. Um, I, I enjoy good defense, and that's what we got. Uh, people are calling it ugly or unwatchable. I thought it was very entertaining. Well, it's it was good defense combined with inept offense. To, yeah, to some degree. <clears throat> and um, I really have to say that I am glad that bill's mafia is uh out of the playoff <laughs> yeah um jacksonville uh you know won this game 10 to 3 uh blake bortles more rushing yards than passing yards he had 88, 88 yards on the ground 87 and a touchdown through the air um and that was just, that was just a product of you know the bills they were getting banged up in the secondary but they were still they're in the exact right spot at the right time on every single play it seemed yeah um which you know the same can be said for Jacksonville's defense too. A lot of these, a lot of the sacks that happen and a lot of the the throwaways were due to just ridiculously good coverage. Um, Jacksonville, I thought for a little bit there in the in the uh, second and third quarter, they kept trying to ram their game plan down Buffalo's throat, and Buffalo just kept answering. Uh, they didn't want to make an adjustment. Yeah, they 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 didn't want to make an adjustment and have it go badly, and then have the game get out of hand. Because if they go back to their original game plan, that's not working either. Yeah. So I think they figure uh, Buffalo's not scoring either. We'll just keep keep going, keep at it, and maybe we'll get a touchdown out of it at some point. And that's what happened. Um, the uh, the Bills they had a <clears throat> they had a chance at one point to get it into the end zone, um, but I I, bel- I want to say it was Miles Jack number forty four for for Jacksonville. Um, committed probably the smartest pass interference penalty I've ever seen. Yeah. LaShawn McCoy was going to catch a pass and run down the sideline for a long, long touchdown. And Miles Jack just reached out and grabbed him and just pulled him right off the route. And he knew he was going to get flagged for it. Well, yeah, when you're Miles Jack and you're up against a running back, <coughs> especially one of the faster running backs in the league who's going to beat you, you just you need to stop him from catching yeah. it. Yeah, it was just a very very smart play by Jack to just to grab him and uh, prevent the catch from being made because if it was caught, it was gone. Um, so you know you don't like to see penalties, but you like your players to be intelligent enough to know that the penalty is better than the alternative. Right. Uh, it's. Uh, <coughs> I don't think the coach was too upset about that one. Probably not. Um, in the uh, <clears throat> in the late game on Sunday, uh, New Orleans defeated Carolina thirty-one to twenty-six. This one was kind of a clunker to start. It was twenty-one nine at halftime, twenty-four um, twelve at the end of three, and then Carolina came back with two touchdowns in the fourth. Yeah, I uh, 
I would have liked to see a team close out a comeback. If like, you're yeah, gonna, like, if you're gonna come back, do the whole job. Well, that's why that's why I, I thought that the the Titans Chiefs game was the game of the week because you, you saw a team that made the comeback from eighteen, yeah, as opposed to a team that failed to come back from twelve. Well, and with the Titans going in at the half, you thought for sure the game was over. Yeah, I wasn't counting out Carolina by any stretch, right? Because they are a dangerous team when they want to be. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I. So I I was listening to the first quarter on the radio. Uh, we went out. Uh, it was my wife's birthday last week, um, so we went out to dinner, uh, just uh, us and the kids. And uh, so I was listening to it in the radio on the car. And when we got to the restaurant, uh, we went to a steakhouse. They had Direct TV. Oh, neat! So I missed the second quarter and uh, halftime of this game. That's that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's been all season long. Fox and Direct TV need to. Uh... Settle their differences. I think Morty put it best. Get your shit together. Get it all together. I don't know if you gotta get a get a bag or something. Just take it to the shit store and sell it. Just get your shit together. Um, for uh, for the Panthers, Cam Newton, twenty four of forty, three forty nine, two touchdowns, and one hell of an acting job. Uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, to give Derek Anderson a little more time to warm up when Cam knew he had to come off the field. Uh, well on his way off the field, he went down to a knee to allow Anderson more warm-up throws and time to talk with the coaches. Uh, some people thought that the concussion protocol was messed up. Uh, what I thought was, I don't think it was a concussion, but Cam wears that visor. Yeah. And I think the way that the helmet came down on his face, I think the visor just kind of scraped across his face. Yeah. And that's what that's what was going on, and he had a lot of discomfort and knew that he was going to have to come out for a second to get that taken care of and, you know, that kind of thing. And Anderson was going to have to come in, and it was, what, third and 17 or something like that. And uh, so Cam went to a knee to get Anderson more time. So now, you know, they're trying to put everyone's mind at ease, saying, you know, no, we didn't violate the concussion protocol. It wasn't a concussion situation. Uh, Cam was just trying to buy Derek more time. Well, that's a problem in and of itself. The Giants were nailed for that a couple years back. Yeah, yeah. Um <clears throat> Can't really do anything about it now. Can't uh, flag them for a game that they won't be in. Yeah, it w- it would have been a bigger issue had they pulled off the comeback. Yeah. Um. And as far as them not pulling off the comeback, I thought there were a couple questionable no calls later in the game. I think the 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 ball could have been moved down the field a couple times on Saints defenders getting a little handsy or early. Yeah. Um. In that kind of a situation, though, I. I think they're going to put the flags away. Yeah, but that's not right. You need to you need to call the fourth quarter just like you call the first quarter. Yeah. It's not. <clears throat> and I mean, uh, uh, they weren't egregious, but it was happening enough that at some point a flag should have come out. Right. Um, and there there was one really bad one. I've got some friends, and David is a Saints fan, and I've talked to to a few of them about it. And even David agreed that there there was one that he really expected a flag to come out, and he was blown away yeah. and relieved when it didn't. But he thought for sure New Orleans should have been flagged on that last drive at least once. Yeah. Um, I I think that. Uh New Orleans was the stronger team all along, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and the big thing for them is they won this without that rushing attack that had been big for them all year. Um, Kamara and Ingram combined had 45 yards. Well, uh, you know at some point Drew Brees is going to take over. Oh, and he did. Uh, 376 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he did have a bad pick, but uh, Drew Brees always... He had a Drew Brees pick. Yeah, Drew Brees always has a bad pick. Um 
So uh, that, uh, <clears throat> again, I'm very sorry. I can't function at all today with my voice like this. Um, sets up the rematch from, from uh, earlier this season, uh, Vikings and Saints. I think this is going to be a very, very good game. Um, I kind of expect the Saints to come out of this one as the as the winners. Well, it basically, <laughs> Minnesota's got to choose what they want to stop in this game. That's exactly what Carolina did. They chose the running game, and Drew Brees made him pay. Yeah, um, I feel like you might want to choose the passing game because you don't want to have to go touchdown for touchdown with Drew Brees. With the running game, it, it becomes a lot easier to, to stuff someone down closer to the goal line um, with that type of defense that the Vikings have. So I think if you uh, sort of focus your efforts on keeping Drew Brees in check... As much as one can. Right. Um, maybe you can make it like the first game and eke out a win. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I do think Drew Brees will have his day against the Vikings defense. Um, I think it is passable to pass, possible to pass on them, passable to pass on them. Um, what about a possum? Yep. I think, uh, <clears throat> I think Brees will have his day. Uh, I do expect a little more from the running game than they got from Car- you know, from the game in Carolina. That being said, I expect this to be high scoring. I expect the Vikings to put up some points too. Um, I would not be surprised with a with a forty two to thirty six outcome in this one. You're looking for a shootout, huh? I would. I, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not looking for it, but I, I would not be. I would also not be surprised for it to end seventeen to seven. I think this game is wildly unpredictable because both teams feature such good defenses and such outstanding offenses. I really think we could get any any mixture. Yeah. And I, I hate saying that because the other three games, I think I know what's going to happen. Right. You know, I I think the style of game that we get will be dependent on who gets the ball first. <laughs> yeah, if Drew Brees marches right down, you think it's going to be... If Drew Brees gets the ball, you know, goes 4-4 four of four on the first drive for like 70 yards, then <coughs> it's it's going to be uh, Air Coriel all over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I... Like I said, I think I know what you know. I think I know how the other three games are going to play out. I think Atlanta's going to have an easy time in Philadelphia. I yeah, I I don't expect Philly to to score more than seventeen. Yeah, to be I, honest, I'm thinking twenty seven fourteen. You know, something like that. Patriots, I think, are just going to destroy the Titans. I don't think it's even fair. Um, but the Titans will make some very good plays. Oh yeah, I, I mean yeah, they're an NFL team. They're they're a playoff team. They're going to make their plays. Um, I just think it's going to be it's going to be ugly. Uh, forty-two to sixteen, something like that, and uh, you know it's it's the Patriots in Foxborough in the divisional round in what's looking to be some very bad weather. Yeah, um, I I expect New Englanders have their way with Tennessee, um, which is unfortunate. I would like to see Tennessee do well. I yeah, know. I I think look they got this far with Marcus Mariota having the worst career worst year of his career thus far. Yeah, and and the injuries didn't help. Yeah. Um, you get a healthy Mariota and this two-headed running attack. They need a real wide receiver there, though. Yeah, the Corey Davis um, pick is not looking good, and you know we loved him out of out of Western Michigan or was it Central? Central, I think. Western, West, Western Michigan. We loved him coming out of Western Michigan. You can edit that out, right, Eric? And uh, absolutely not. Well, yeah. You know, it's looking like it might not have been such a great pick. He did have injuries throughout the year, but you know it was supposed to be him and Eric Decker. It was going to be this great yeah. tandem, and it did not turn out that way. It still Decker you know, had some pretty bad drops. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, did make up for it with that big touchdown catch though late in the game. Yeah, um, 
Uh, and then you know, in in the in the Jaguar Steelers game, I kind of I kind of have a feeling I know how that one's gonna go. Um, you know, I, I think it's gonna be a hard fought game, and I think it's gonna be the Steelers by probably less than a touchdown. Yeah. Um, Steelers coach Mike Tomlin was saying uh, that both teams have evolved a lot since that Week Five matchup. They definitely have. Um, and I mean, if you can stop the Jaguars' running attack, which now features Fournette and Bortles. Oh yeah. Um, that's going to be key. Not turning the ball over five times is going to be a key. Um, that so that was one thing I had a I had a debate with our cousin Roger about this. <clears throat> the Steelers are on record, have, you know, having said they wanted they wanted the Jaguars. Yeah, they wanted to make up for that game. Here's my biggest thing, and the the Steelers need to they need to be careful that they're not playing a continuation of the previous game. By by which I mean Roethlisberger needs to make sure that he's not actively trying to avoid throwing five interceptions. Right. Um, He just needs to look before he throws. Don't try to be Brett Favre out there. Don't Um, try to force it into quintuple coverage and end up throwing a bad interception. Yeah. He, uh, I just, I, there is a scenario and I, I, you know, I can kind of picture it where they go out, maybe Jacksonville scores first. Ben tries a little too hard, throws interception number six, and all of a sudden they're playing the same exact game they were playing. Yeah, um, and I think that's I think I don't think it's likely, but I think it is something that could possibly happen. And Antonio Brown in that first game, what was it? Ten catches for 150 something yards, 154, 157 yards, something like that. Antonio Brown may not be fully healthy, and yes, Bryant and Smith Schuster have have stepped it up in recent weeks, but they're not Antonio Brown. And they've done it against weaker competition than this Jacksonville secondary. Yeah, um, I look for a lot of underneath passes. That, that's um, kind of my thought as well. A lot of uh, wheel routes to the running backs. Yeah. And if 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 Brown can go, but he's not a hundred percent, is Tomlin just trotting him out there as a decoy? Well, I think even a eighty-five percent Antonio Brown is gonna make some catches right but um, he may not necessarily need to be double covered at that point right but if he's on the field he's going to be double covered well we know they're not gonna you know let on what percentage of health antonio brown is at right they're okay. saying he's gonna play uh he's you know not necessarily on the injury report um but the injury report doesn't deal with percentages right right um I don't know. I I think I think they'd be good to have them out there for a handful of plays. I think the wide receivers are strong enough that they can still be a threat offensively. And you know, like I said, they they were playing against weaker competition. That's not to say that they can't make some plays in this offense. And like you said, a lot of underneath stuff. If you can get Smith Schuster running across the field about seven yards down, he can make a break up field and cut it like no one else. Yeah. Um, so I look for him to have probably the biggest game. Um, uh, compared to the other wide receivers on the team, um, maybe one of the biggest games of his career thus far. You think so? Yeah, he's showed up in some high-profile situations. Um, hell, week seventeen, he had that ninety-six-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, he's fast. He's big. That's the thing. Is uh, Antonio Brown is fast, but he's a small guy. Is he five ten, five eleven? Yeah, he's he's a short guy. Smith Schuster is big, yeah, and a little bit tougher to tackle. Um, uh, I I think this is probably behind New Orleans Minnesota game. This is probably the game I'm most excited for, and they're both coming up on Sunday. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, 
figure out where to watch. You can watch at my place, but I'm not uh, not going to promise that I won't be rooting for the Jags. Well, if there's eight inches of snow on the ground, I'm, just, I'm not yeah. going that far. No, no I'm just I, I'm 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 rooting for something new this year. But, you know, with the with the Packers not being in it, I, I'm in a position where I'm rooting for new. You know, so you want to see the Titans and the Jaguars in the uh, championship? Game. I would. That would be awesome. I would love that. I would like them in the in the championship game. And uh, I know you don't want to see Minnesota there. I no, I really don't. I really don't. So I guess I'd like to see Philly come out of the NFC, but. Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of pulling for Jackson, and actually, both of my boys are pulling for Jacksonville. Well, going going into the playoffs with both of their teams being eliminated, they both. Well, maybe they shouldn't have been fans of such sucky teams. <coughs> That's rude. Uh, they both, uh, they both kind of were pulling for Jacksonville, so they're pretty happy with the result on Sunday. Um, so like I, you know, I'm I'm ready to make my picks right now. I think it's going to be the Falcons, Patriots, Steelers, and Saints. Uh, Vikings. It's the only change I'd make to that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, there it is. Uh, so because we've because we picked unanimously on three of them, it's going to be the Jaguars, the Titans, and the Eagles, which is what we really want. I mean, except for the Jaguars. <laughs> so the uh, the big game over the well, not quite the weekend. Monday night, college football crowned their champion, crowned their uh, silver medal winner. Alabama Crimson Tide defeated the Georgia Bulldogs twenty six to twenty three in overtime. This is after Alabama was down uh, 13 at one point. Yes, they were. Um, they came back to score. Uh, <coughs> I'm very sorry. Points. They scored points. <clears throat> they did score points. Thank you, Tom. Uh, scored 10 in the fourth quarter, shutting Georgia out in the fourth. Uh, Georgia kicked a field goal in the uh, f- in the top half of overtime. A 51-yarder. 51-yarder. And then uh, <clears throat> Alabama's quarterback, and I'm going to... You're going to screw this name up so yeah, badly. Yeah, I'm going to try so hard not to butcher this. He's Hawaiian. So. Tua, Te- Tua Tagovala, Valo. Tua Tagovalo. I think that's right. Uh, <clears throat> was sacked for a huge loss on the first play of Alabama's possession. Pulls himself off the turf, comes back to the line of scrimmage, and fires a dart to Devonta Smith for the 41-yard game-winning touchdown. And they just let him do it. Georgia's defense, so good for three quarters. Played some of the best defense I've ever seen for three quarters. The The clock ticks over, fourth quarter begins, and um, I, I think they had uh, the Akron Zips come out for the fourth quarter in Georgia's uniforms. Is that what it was? It had to have been. That was not the same defense. It really wasn't uh, in that fourth quarter. It really wasn't um, the uh, two two big big things for uh, for Alabama that that really turned the tide in this game. Get out! Uh, <laughs> at halftime, Nick Saban uh, had the guts to pull uh, Jalen Hurts. He was three of eight for twenty one yards. Uh, had six carries for forty seven yards, but uh, thirty one of that came on one carry alone. Uh, Saban had the guts to pull him and. Uh, to move away from uh, junior running back Damian Harris and start handing the ball, the ball more to freshman running back Najee Harris. Um, so he, t- he turned it over to two freshmen, and they were able to, to lead the way and take this Alabama team all the way to their second title in three years. Can we talk about uh, the true freshmen in this game? So many. It was astounding. These kids were in high school last year playing competition that... I mean, 
it's a huge step up to go from even the top tier high school teams to playing for Georgia or Alabama in the national championship. Yeah. Uh, J- Jacob Fromm, one of the most impressive players this season. The kid's going to have a got Heisman. A, we've got a two-year starter at, at quarterback here until he declares for the NFL draft. <laughs> the kid's going to win a Heisman. Georgia's going to be back in the playoff with, with Fromm at quarterback. Yeah. Now they are losing their two punishing running backs. Are they? They are losing both. Both Chubb and Michelle are seniors. That was one thing. Uh, Georgia moved away from Michelle in the second half of that, or in, in the fourth quarter of that game. Yeah, and they went more to Chubb, and I thought that was a huge, huge mistake for them. Uh, Michelle ninety eight carries on four on four ninety eight yards on fourteen carries, seven point oh average. Chubb only twenty five yards and eighteen carries. That's a one point four. Yeah. Um. I think they really should have focused more on Swift because he looked pretty good in the in the uh situations they put him in. Um yeah, uh he did he only yeah, only had a handful of carries, um just four for fifteen, but he 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 was cutting good, he was uh yeah, he was he was moving very well. Um it's man, these two teams, they're gonna be back next year. Uh yeah, you know um I know we don't we we want to see some some new blood in in these playoff situations. I would not be upset to see Georgia back. Right, Alabama, they can go away now. Yeah, they, they've had theirs. Uh, five of the last nine. Yeah, uh, to go. You know, to go with the one that that Saban got at LSU. Right. <laughs> um. So, how many phone calls is Saban's agent taking right now? Zero. He's not going anywhere. He's not. But people are still going to call and ask. Apparently he's uh, already turned down a chance to interview with the Giants. Um, well, why would you? Why would you go and go through what you went through in Miami again when you're at the top of your profession right now? And to as far as I'm concerned, it's a little bit more difficult in college than it is in the pros because you have to do all your own recruiting. You don't have a front office that's bringing guys in for you. Yeah, um, I think that's the part of the job he enjoys more than the actual coaching. Because he doesn't smile on the field, you got to think <laughs> where where is he smiling? Right, it's got to be in the recruiting office. Yeah, so I, I've, I'm a big fan of the West Wing. Uh, I've often said that Nick Saban is the Toby Ziegler of college football, the uh, communications director who is always uh, quite grumpy and uh, always scowling, and he's always sort of hunched over at like a 45 degree angle too. <laughs> I think it's quite that, but. Uh, I see what you're saying. Like he doesn't stand up straight. He's not setting a very good example for these children. Um, so, go, uh, going forward for Alabama, um, obviously with all these freshmen, they're set for a good long time to come. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how much longer do you think Saban has? Um, you mean left in his career, or yeah. left in the golden age of? Alabama winning every other year. How many how many more years do we have of him roaming the sideline? Uh until Alabama is not competing for the national championship every year. So t- until he dies. Until he can no longer actually walk on the sidelines, I think. He's going to he's going to have an entire house just for his national championship trophies. Is what I'm saying. Oh man, that's not going to be good. So many people are going to tune out by then. So many people already have. And, um... <clears throat> well, speaking of... Are you tuning out? No, I'm glad you said that. There was a Gallup poll released <clears throat> asking Americans what their what their favorite sport is. 
it was overwhelmingly football. Yeah. Overwhelmingly. I'm, I'm not surprised. It's, it's baseball may be the national pastime, but it's it doesn't hold sway in, in a uh, <coughs> short attention span universe. Baseball is not even second anymore. Football came out on top with 37%. Basketball is now second at 11%, followed by baseball at 9 soccer at 7 There's a 5% margin of error. Hockey is at 4%. Racing, auto racing, and tennis at 2%. And no other sport got more than 1%. I knew 1% of America is wrong. I just learned this today. New stat you can put up up on the website. 91% of America is incorrect. Um, I'm willing to bet 66% of the people in this room disagree with you. You're part of the 91%. No, Eric, you're part of the 9% that is wrong. And all those football fans out there, they are also wrong. The answer tomato, is... Tomato, potato. Listen, the answer is obviously curling, and if neither of you can see that, you can get the hell out. Sorry about that, eh? Uh, we live here. Uh, football is down uh, from its high of 43% in 2007. Um, baseball has never reached 43% and has declined every year since 1948. Now, if they alter the question a little bit... Uh... Say, what's your favorite sport to go and eat some food? Because baseball stadiums, by far, have better food. <laughs> That's just a thing. Or if they say, what's your favorite sport to catch a, a midday nap to? Golf. Then sport, Eric. Sport. <laughs> oh. um, so in baseball news, what little baseball news there is to report on at this Did point. Did something happen? Nothing's actually happened, but... Oh. Starling Castro has asked the Marlins to trade him. <laughs> oh, and I'm sorry, but no one has gotten screwed in baseball more than Starling Castro recently. Maybe they'll trade him to a team that will uh, appreciate him. He's he's playing. Maybe they'll trade him to a team. <laughs> that would be an improvement. For that him. would be yes. Um, you know, he starts playing some of the best baseball of his career down the stretch in 2015. The Cubs turn around and trade him in the off season. He plays some of the best baseball of his career in 2017 with the Yankees. He gets traded to the Marlins. Trade him to the Pirates. They'll keep him well past his uh, best years of his career. I, You know, so many Cubs fans were always so hard on Starlin Castro, but he was supposed to be the savior of a franchise at age 18. He did a damn good job for having that thrust upon him. Yeah, um, you, you can't put that kind of pressure on, on a guy, especially when you know it's not going to happen. Yeah. He, he really was kind of the first building block of that process. Like, it, it, baseball, you can't, there's no one player that can change a team's fortunes. No, not, no, not at all. Um, Which is, I, I find it really weird that it's the most team-oriented sport in that respect, and yet they are willing to pay some of these guys half a billion dollars. So much money. More money than God. Yeah. And at most, what's what's a pretty high wins above replacement, would you say? I, I don't know. We need Mason for that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you're getting 20 more, more quality games out of a player. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. If you just, if you spread the wealth around and get, you know, four or five wins above replacement from every player on your team. Spread the wealth to some of these minor leaguers. Yeah, pay them uh, money. A living wage? 
You want to talk about you want to talk about people that need a living wage? Minor league baseball players, um, <coughs> practice squad football players. Oh, they make enough. I, I don't know. So, <clears throat> I had wanted to stay away from this story as much as possible because I hate Levar Ball and everything he stands for. Oh man! But I feel like we kind of got to get into this. We do. <clears throat> we don't want to. So basically, the part that I want to get into is uh, the Stan Van Gundy part of it. <coughs> so ESPN is running all these stories, giving Levar, Levar Ball access, letting him say all sorts of terrible things about uh, about Luke Walton and about the Lakers organization and everything else, and putting putting his son in a very awkward situation. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I get Lonzo's comment. I'll play for anyone. I get that. He maybe should have uh, backed his coach a little more. Yeah. But it's his dad out there saying these crazy things, and I the kid's in a very tough spot. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put too much on him. Um, Stan Van Gundy comes out <clears throat> uh, per Vince Ellis of the Detroit Free Press. Quote: I thought it was a cheap shot, and I thought ESPN showed total disrespect. I don't have a problem with Levar Ball. He's a grown man. He can voice whatever opinion he wants. I got a problem with ESPN deciding that's a story. I'm not meeting with their announcing crew before the game. I'm not doing the in-game interview. I'm not going to participate in the thing. The Pistons have uh, an ESPN game on January 19th. That's what he's referring to, where he won't participate. Good for you, Stan. Yeah. And Dan Levitard and his crew were crying about this the other day. It might have been yesterday. might have been Monday. We're crying about this, saying that Stan Van Gundy has no right to dictate to them what's a story and what's not. Okay, that's great. Here's the thing. How long until it's one of his players talking about him like that, and then he's got a problem on his hands? Yeah. He's trying to cut this off at the knees where it should be. Uh, LeVar Ball never should have gotten as far as he has with the media, and ESPN is wrong to be giving him this voice. Yeah. Um, he's not the star. He's not the the top NBA pick. Oh, he's a washed hack. Playing for the most visible franchise in the league yeah he he's doing serious damage to his son's career his son's yeah where do he take the other ones to uh the baltics istanbul turkey china they are in the baltics Somewhere. i'm not sure where but uh he took them there with his uh <clears throat> with his facebook reality show camera crew at the press event he said that it's only well, only a matter of time until the other two boys are playing for the lakers too I've had enough of this Joker. Yeah. I really have, and I and I tune it out too. That's the thing. I tune it out, and I've had enough. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. If if ESPN could go one day without mentioning this loser, he's a loser. If ESPN could go one day without mentioning this loser, I might return to watching their programming. Yeah, um, they, I, they don't offer anything that I can't get elsewhere. Yeah. I'd rather go to CBS Sports or NBC they, Sports or <clears throat> wherever. Most importantly, they refuse to cover hockey. Yeah. Um, just because you lost out on the bid to cover hockey and show live games because you didn't want to bid what it was worth doesn't mean that you get to be all whiny about it and not talk about it. Yeah. And that, that is the case, too. It's, you know. They'll talk for hours on end about. <coughs> About hypothetical Tiger Woods. They'll talk for hours on end about hypothetical college football games all throughout college football season. Yeah. Hypothetical football games. But they can't give 10 minutes to hockey. No, they, give, they, they cover two games. 
they show a highlight from each game and then move on. And only if it's the Rangers or the Penguins. Yep. The worldwide leader in sports. Who gave them that title? They did. Who gave them the right to say that they're the worldwide anything in sports? They did, but to be fair, it was in the 80s and 90s when they actually were. Back when, back when journalistic integrity actually existed. Well, guess what, ESPN? You live in the internet age. And your refusal to allow anyone to stream any of your stuff. I can't watch Monday Night Football on my phone? Well, that's less them and more the NFL. Are you kidding me? <coughs> I get blacked out of, of really anything that I would want to watch on ESPN. Yeah. I just, I love how... MLB, NBA, NHL, you buy their you buy their package, you get everything on any platform you could possibly want. Yep. Except NFL, except for a local game. Right, which that makes sense. I get that. That's not a big deal yeah. to me. The NFL, you got to buy the Sunday NFL ticket to get the to get all the Sunday games, but that's yeah. not Sunday night football and you don't get Thursday night football and you can't stream Thursday night football unless you pay extra for Amazon Prime and you don't get Monday night football unless you're a Verizon customer. Yep. I uh, you you have to buy three streaming services to to get most of the NFL games. Yeah, yes, because you're still losing out on the ones in your home market, unless unless you have a tablet connected to Wi-Fi. Ah, Major League Baseball makes it so easy for everyone. Yeah, they are like they they're the pinnacle when it comes to this kind of thing. And yeah, okay, I can't watch when the Cubs play the Reds. That's okay. I get it. You can still listen on the radio. Right. They, yes. They still give you a radio feed every single game. So even if you can't watch, you can still be you can still be a part of it. You can still hear it. You can still And baseball is not that visual a sport. That's probably the least vis- visual of the four major sports. So you can listen to a baseball game and you can picture all the stuff that's happening a hell of a lot easier than you can with football. Yeah. Or with hockey. Um, speaking of baseball, spring training is literally right around the corner, guys. I know. It's coming so fast. I can't believe it. I know. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if there are dates for pitchers and catchers yet. Probably the uh, second week of February. That's what it usually is, right? Um, uh, not entirely sure. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, fe- uh, February 13th, <clears throat> looks like. Um, 13th will be... Arizona, Atlanta, Baltimore, Boston, the Cubs, Cincinnati, Detroit, Houston, Kansas City, the Dodgers, Miami. So that's like four players going to show up. <laughs> Minnesota, the Yankees, St. Louis, Tampa. <clears throat> and actually, the Mets are reporting on the 12th. Um, everyone else is the 14th or to be announced. But seriously, we're a month away from, from spring training. Yeah. Um... I'm so excited. I get excited for spring training because it means that at some point in the next month or so, the weather's going to suck less. Yeah. I don't really <sighs> care too much about the uh, the baseball part of spring training, mostly because my team is bad. See, you have to you have to embrace the mindset that I did during all those bad years with the Cubs. You have to find storylines and players to focus on throughout the year. I try that, um, but I I I get more anxious watching the Pirates play than I do the Steelers or the Devils <coughs> or the Houston Rockets. God damn. I have still not yet seen a game of theirs this season. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know why, but I do. The The big storyline I'm watching this year, I'm going to be watching a lot of Angels games to watch Otani play. I want to see what he does in the field and pitching. I'm, I'm very, very excited for this. 
So that's that's going to be the number one storyline that I that I pay attention well, to. I just this wonder year. how they intend to use him. Is he going to be sort of a spot starter to begin? Right. Or is he going to be like every tenth day? I don't know. And that's that's another reason I'm in, I'm uh, excited for spring training is because uh, you know they'll that'll kind of be unveiled there. I yeah. think we'll, we'll get a taste of what they're going to do. Um, but no, that, that's the big one that I'm following this year. And then you know I've got certain certain pitchers uh, when they pitch because I I usually I always get I always get the whole package so I get every right. game. Um, anytime now I can do this now uh, since he's not in, the, in our market anymore. Anytime Verlander pitches, I'm going to be able to tune in. Right. Um, which I could before using the Fox Sports app, and I did uh, a lot of times, but now it's going to be easier through the MLB app, which is a lot cleaner than, yeah. than the uh, Fox Sports app One is. thing I do wish the MLB app had was the ability to switch between games while you're still watching a game. Right, yeah. Like the NHL does. You can bring up a little menu at the bottom. It's got all the games listed, and you can just flip-flop between them. Yeah, that <clears throat> that may have more to do with how many games are typically going on at the same time. Because for the most part, most MLB games are happening in that seven o'clock hour. Yeah, um, most. But hockey, that's when I want it more. Right. You know, as and the t- the teams play every single day. Yeah. Whereas hockey, you're gonna get twelve teams playing per day. Some are gonna start at seven, eight, as late as eleven o'clock because of the West Coast games. So it's you know, and yeah, MLB does have some late West Coast games, but there's only you know one or two on the schedule out of right you know, what fifteen games a, a day. So. But just you know, just something like that. It's it's the smallest thing, but it it makes a world of difference to me. You know, it, no, it does. Uh, no, you're definitely right about that. Um, and I'm not. I've never gotten the NBA League Pass. I've I've thought about it numerous times over the years. I never purchased it. I'm not sure if they do the same thing. I would think that they do. Um, now I know the uh, I know the MLB offers a single team package, and I believe the NHL does as well. Yeah. Uh, does uh, NBA? Yes. Which I've considered getting that as well. Um, I, I'd never pull a trigger on it. I don't know. I'm, I'm way more into baseball and hockey than I am basketball. So yeah. That's, that's most of it. Um, well, I believe that is the end of our complaining, uh, for the, for the day. Well, not for the day. I mean, I'm sure. We'll oh yeah. I am. I intend to complain for the next several hours. Uh, but, uh, I guess the last we're going to do on air, uh, I need to go rest my voice now. Some tea uh, with some honey in it ought to do the trick. Yeah. We'll it ought to that. also taste terrible. Probably. So, but All right. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday with coverage of the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Uh, maybe some hockey and basketball rankings. So we haven't done it in a couple weeks. We had a and, full plate uh, this week without that. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll... Uh, We'll start getting into MLB stuff here pretty soon, too. Uh, if spring training's right around the corner. That means our uh, previews have got to start coming up. So Yeah, they do. We'll get into that pretty soon. Uh, so thanks for listening, and we will talk sports at you next week.